Hi, this is Diva Cerebration. And I was just listening to, uh, it was a TED Talk, a TED Talk about grit. And, you know, the question is, how do people become successful? How do you raise children to become great successes or to stick with their um, determination to keep going in a said career or whatever? And, you know, during the talk, things kept popping up in my head that, you know, I mean, I guess she's right about grit to a certain extent, uh, work ethic, whatever. But the thing that I've noticed about successful people, successes in my own life, successes in the people around me, is that they need encouragement from outside sources to either take risks or to not stay stuck in one position that's not getting them anywhere. And I'll share some personal uh, um, observations in my life and things that I've done. Um, one that came up uh, for me was an ex of mine, ex-husband of mine, and he and I both became pretty successful in our careers, but I'll just go from the observation of um, him observing me. I'm not somebody who puts up with, for so many years, puts up with bad behavior from an employer or from somewhere that I'm working, right? Or for a project that I'm working on, or even, uh, uh, friendships or relationships, uh, familial relationships. I, I won't, I, I have boundaries. I have really good boundaries and, I'm not going to put up with bad behavior from anyone. And what I noticed when I met my ex was that he put up with a lot of bad behavior all around him for so many years. And I ended up breaking up with my ex because of addiction issues, right? So when I first met him, I would say he was deep, in, you know, I was told he was deep into those addiction issues. I didn't know how deep he was into them because he knew if he showed those to me that I would run to the hills and not ever have anything to do with him. But he backed off from those because he knew I wouldn't respect them. And in order to be with me, in order to, I don't know, get me, whatever that means, um, uh, for me to stick around... I mean, he's going to have to change his ways. And I guess he thought enough of me to do so. But one of the things that I noticed and when I was talking, uh, listening to this TED Talk about grit was what was coming to mind for me about the different people in my life and how they kind of watched what I did and changed how they maneuvered in their lives. When I met him, he was putting up with a very bad workplace. He was putting up with a very bad life around him as far as friends taking advantage of him and uh, family taking advantage of him. And a lot of people didn't like me coming into his life because they all of a sudden lost control of what I would say he was a very hard worker, earned a lot of money. They, they lost control of getting him to do things for him, for them, and giving them money for things, or just kind of being um, a codependent in their life.
And when I showed up, I was like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> why are you acting like, why are you putting up with this stuff? One example would be, uh, he was working at a place where he was a toolmaker for a year, for a few years. I guess he started when he was 16. I think that's what he told me. And it was a family owned business. And, um, and then he was, had been promoted to sort of be the vice president and he was only 21. Right. But, you know, my ex was very good looking, very, you know, you know, is very nice and complacent. But the guy who was running the place was the brother of his good friend who was an absolute jerk, right? Within the first few months of dating me, I saw this guy treat my ex very badly. And I actually walked in uh, to pick him up from, or to meet him after work. And this brother, this boss, was walking around him in his office with my ex sitting in a chair, yelling and screaming at him because he didn't do something that he wanted him to do. I think it was take out clients and basically, you know, buy them prostitutes and get them drunk, which was the thing and it's probably still the thing that goes on in business, right? And he wouldn't do it because he wanted to spend time with me. I knocked on the door. It was locked. And I just kept knocking on the door until finally my ex got up and came to the door and opened the door. I'm like, let's go. And he's like, what? I'm like, let's go. And I looked at his boss and he was coming at me and I, and he looked at me and his boss would never talk this way to me because I'm not the kind of person that you can treat this way. Right. You can't treat me badly. And I looked at him and said, shut up, go away. And I looked at him. I said, you have anything in here? My ex? Nope. I'm like, let's go. And I think this comes from me. I grew up in abuse. I grew up with childhood abuse and I knew that you couldn't put up with people like this, that you just had to end it. You just had to walk away. When I hit 18, I hit the door. I was out because legally I couldn't leave before then. I did not know about emancipation or I would have done it. If I had known I could have been emancipated at 14, I probably would have done it <laughs> to get out of my family. Because, you know, and it wasn't all their fault. They came from abuse, etc. It's just a cycle of abuse, you know, and I understand all that now. But you make a choice, right? And the choice that my ex was making at that moment was to put up. Now, this is what this TED Talk would call grit. Just putting up with it and sticking to the course, right? And not walking away from a job and just sticking with it. No matter what. Well, I disagree with that TED Talk. Wholeheartedly disagree with that TED Talk. Because the thing that I have found is, yeah, you need a good work ethic. Yeah, you need grit. But that's not what grit is. Grit is, to me, and I should probably give a TED Talk. <laughs> grit is, to me, not putting up with people treating you badly. Because the longer that you put up with it, the less your life moves forward, the more your life stays stagnant. And I know that they say a lot of people have to put up with it. Really, do you? Because what I found in life is you don't have to put up with it and you will still be okay. 
You're not going to starve. You're going to move forward. You just have to have enough grit to know that you deserve better, that you deserve more, that you deserve to be taken care of. You know, I've in my life when I've had tough times and I've been in between jobs, I've felt guilty about applying for uh, food assistance or any kind of assistance. I think I've only had I think I've only had food assistance and a medical assistance when I've been in between jobs or in between or during tough times, which a lot of people take advantage of all the programs. But I think those are the only two I've taken advantage of. But in order to get myself through to the next step. I I didn't consider that humiliating. I used to. It was really hard for me to do it at first, but once I did it, I was like, wait a minute. This is a way that I don't have to put up with crap from people, and I can move on to the next step. I And, and what I found is every time that I quit a bad job, a job where I was getting treated badly, something better always happened down the line. It always got better because... That grit I have said, I'm not going to let that happen to me again. I'm not going to put up with that again. I've learned a lesson from what someone tried to do to me, right? And I think if more people did this, it would happen less. Because people would realize you can't treat people this way and have them stick around. And that's always been my analogy to people is you can't treat me like this and expect me to stick around and put up with it. When there are how many millions of jobs in the world, billions of jobs, I don't have to put up with you. I can go find another job. Now, I know that a lot of um, companies have put in place where if you quit one job, uh, this is the happening in fast food, retail, you know, lower wage jobs that they're trying to keep people from quitting, is that they'll put out this thing to all, all like if you quit a fast food job, then they'll put out this thing to all fast food networks not to hire you. And apparently, if people are doing it and it's working, okay, well then don't get a job in fast food. Go to another job. <laughs> Go to another uh, another median of a job and get a job there, you know. Uh, they're calling it a non-compete, but really what it is, it's, it's a how to hold people down under your thumb act is what they've done. And they've somehow made this legal that they can do this. And I think that that's something if, if unions are going to do anything, they should crash that right now and get rid of it. But what I will tell you about going back to my ex, what I will tell you about my ex is after being with me for just a few months and me walking in there, he listened to me and then we left and I, we went and talked and I told him, quit. Quit that job. You don't need it. How many thousands of, uh, how many tool making places are, are there in this town where you can go get a job and make a decent wage and not have to put up with that every single day? And then eventually, someday, start your own place. That was the seed I put in him from the start because that's how I always thought. You know, I went to school for broadcasting and film. And I, in broadcasting and film, you jump from job to job to job to jump because you're moving up the ladder. That's the way people in entertainment and broadcasting think. You're never going to stay in one job for long. The idea is to keep moving up the ladder until you are on, on international news, right? 
That's the idea. Whether you are being a director, producer, or you are in front of the cameras being a reporter or anchor, the idea is to move up that ladder. The ultimate ladder isn't national. The ultimate ladder is international. Like, I guess, maybe a CNN, you know, where you can go international. Or to have an anchor position where you're paid the top dollar, right? And once you get to that position, you've pretty much let everybody know, don't screw with me, right? I mean, I've worked in broadcasting and I know, <laughs> trust me, by the time people get to that, that position, everybody knows not to screw with them. Because you're not going to put up with it. And uh, they know how to play the game uh, uh, at that point. And at that point, too, you know, if you're a national, international um, director or even an anchor in front of the camera, you know, they don't want to lose you because of your connections, because of your experience, because of what you can do for them. Right. Because you have the experience. And these people realize that they realize that they have that and they're and threatening to walk if if things aren't going their way works because they know that it will affect the uh, business. So, you know, I basically was already working in that medium when I met my ex. So, you know, I didn't put up with stuff. I was, I mean, when I was in college, I worked in, in retail. And then if somebody gave me a, a really bad time at a retail, like I found out that, um, I was getting paid, uh, I, I, I got a guy friend of mine a job at the retail place I was working at, and they ended up bringing him in for almost $3 more an hour than me. Why? At the time, back at that, when I was younger in those days, because he was a guy. And the guy manager who hired him in gave him more money and argued that he was a guy and he needed more money. And I found out about it. He wasn't there very long. I was the top salesperson in the district, later found out in the country, and I threatened to leave if I didn't get a raise. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take all my sales with me. You know all those high sales you guys are getting credit for as managers? You're going to lose them really fast if I don't get a raise. And I got a raise and then everything got difficult, right? Because I started putting my foot down. And I, I did a few other things. I suggested um, uh, that, the, that the retail store provide outfits for us instead of expecting us to pay. They're paying us these lousy salaries and then they expect us to, to spend all this money on uh, expensive clothes that we have to wear in the store that are from them, right? So you're basically spending your whole salary on clothes because they want you to wear the in-season. Well, I suggested it it got put up and I, and thank God for the manager. It was a female manager. She actually put my name out there as the one who had the idea. And she knew that if she didn't say it and I found out about it, that I would make it very clear that it was me. There were witnesses around <laughs> that heard me say it. And uh, I had shared my idea with other employees as well. Long story short, the owners of that company came from California I mean, the big corporate owners, the people who had started the store, came from corporate to offer me a job. I was in college. I was stupid. I said, no, I should have went. I should have went. I'd probably be really wealthy right now. I'm such an idiot. I wish I had more people around me that were smarter than, than me to tell me to go. But I was in 
you know, I was going to a conservatory of music. I made it into an exclusive program for broadcasting and film, as well as I was in voice performance. I thought I was going to be bigger than some co corporate, you know, job out in California. So I wish I had done it. I wish I'd done it just for the experience of learning business, to be honest with you, at a young age. I was, I was still in college when they offered me that job. And I could have went to college out in California, you know, and finished up. Long story short is that's the kind of person I was when my ex met me. And that was probably a year before my ex met me that I was getting offered this huge job out in California. <laughs> if he had been in my life, then he probably would have encouraged me to do it. But, well, no, he probably would discourage me because he was always afraid that I was going to become more successful than him and he'd lose me. and lost me anyway. But what I saw in my relationship with him is he saw me taking risks and not putting up with people. And when I told him, quit that job, move on, just find something else, it started this new pattern in him. Instead of him putting up with all the crap that people were throwing at him all the time and also having my love and my support in that, um, he stopped putting up with all the crap. He would be at a job and if somebody started giving him a really hard time or pressing him and they thought that they were going to be able to get away with it, he quit and he'd go to the next job. And what people started learning about him is don't mess with him. Don't mess with him because he will take his talents, which he was apparently what I didn't understand at the time and I understood later. He was the best toolmaker there was and he didn't know it. He was at a very young age, always, he was making every company he worked at a lot of money. So they didn't want him to know because they didn't want to lose him. So they would always try to make him feel bad about his work or whatever, or make him feel like he wasn't doing enough because they didn't want him to get a, what they would call maybe a big head and leave them and take his talents and all the money they were making with him away. Eventually, after a few years of being together, you know, they, the place that he was working, who we thought appreciated him, ended up promoting somebody else to foreman who didn't do the work. Now, they basically promoted this person to foreman because they couldn't, they weren't getting anything out of him and as production in the tool shop. He was not a, doing well as a toolmaker. So, but they, but he got along with everybody and uh, everybody liked him. So they promoted him to foreman because they felt like that would be a better fit for him without having to fire him, right? And so I understood what they did, but it still upset my ex that he was not getting promoted. And that was the point I said, well, if you don't like it, keep working there and we'll start something on our own. We'll start our own. I mean, how hard can this be? You can just, like, even if you're just, you just get a lathe and a CNC and you're in the garage in a room and doing your own work every day. The money that you're making for them, you can make because obviously you're making them money because he was telling me how much they were billing on each job that he was doing and how much money he was making versus all the other people. And I said, that's why no one wants to lose you. That's why people were always trying to, you know, talk you down because they didn't want you to realize how good you were. So we took his talent, it started in a garage, <clears throat> we ended up going out and getting our own place and started our own business. And seven years later, 
it was an ex ex successful business between he and I and what we did. Now, the reason I ended up leaving him is because he took advantage of me. And his head got, his head got big and it all of a sudden was his business. It wasn't our business, even though I legally owned 50% of the business. So that's what ended that relationship because his head ended up getting bigger. But if he had stayed on course, you know, and, and when I left the business, you know, has kind of throttled in and out, you know, they struggled through the years because he wasn't a business person. He was a shop guy. You know, he always was out there doing the, um, the tool making while I was, you know, doing everything else basically. And my idea was that I'd get the business started. I'd help him get everything going. We'd hire people to replace everything that I was doing, the like 10 positions that I was doing. And then I'd step out, the business would run itself and I'd go do what I want to do. But he didn't want to do that. It got really bad. He didn't want, he, he, and that's when I realized he just didn't want me to go off, be more successful because he was afraid that he'd lose me. He lost me anyway because he tried to hold on too tight. But my point being that going from having just grit, stick to staying in a job, you know, putting up with all the crap to him saying, I have value. If you don't want the value that I have to give you, bye. If you're going to treat me badly, I'm going to the next place. That'll, and then eventually realizing that he was actually the toolmaker that everybody in town wanted because he was so good at what he did and made so much money that we started our own business and it became a successful business. And it wasn't easy, but it was easier than I thought it was going to be because we had a, we had a great, you know, product to sell, which was his abilities. Right. And because he knew so much, he was able to train other people. And then we had, then we had other good toolmakers, right? And so on and so forth. So what I've noticed is grit is taking risks. And I'll even apply that to my kid. As we were growing up, as she was growing up, I, you know, kind of made sure that she was well-educated, made sure that um, she knew how to study, made sure that she was in good schools. I mean, I didn't pay to go to exclusive schools or anything, but I made sure she was in good schools that were going to recognize her abilities and promote them. You know, you, it's really not hard to find these schools. You can find them. And I found them even in an inner city. We lived in a city. I had her in the suburbs at first, but then we moved back to the house that I got in my divorce and she ended up going to schools in the city and I found good schools in the city and I ended up getting her into an exclusive magnet school, um, arts and music magnet school. And now she's in an exclusive college. But the thing, same thing I did, uh, same thing that happened with um, my ex, with my support and my love and realizing that he had the ability is the same thing that happened with my daughter. She had my support. She had my love. She had my backing. And I was always, always had her back and she realized her abilities. And if I hadn't been standing there backing her up, there have been a lot of other kids and parents 
that would have tried to uh, sabotage her and make her feel like she wasn't enough because they, of course, wanted their kids or a kid that they, a teacher wanted a kid that they liked to succeed. Whereas I was like, no, 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 that's not happening. My kid's the one that has these abilities and you need to be fair about this, you know? And I was always promoting other kids as well. You know, it was never just about my kid. I just wanted, you know, there, everybody has special talents and you need to promote those. But what I taught my daughter is don't take crap from anybody, right? And if you want a good job, go for it. If that's what you want to do, get that job and go for it. And don't settle for anything less and you'll get it. Now, you know, as you go up the ladder, it gets a little hard to do that because people are, you know, you, you know, your college kid or your high school kid, those jobs are different than when you're getting older and people are competing for these high paying jobs. It's a lot harder when you get older, but you also can start your own thing. You also can start your own business. And what I think I've taught her, what I taught my ex and what I've taught a lot of people in my life is, you know, this isn't the only job in the world. This isn't the only thing you can do in the world. This isn't the only career you can do in the world. You don't have to put up with this kind of stuff from people. If you're not getting treated well, you can move to another career or you can move to another job, another state, another city. Now, there was an extreme case of this I saw when I was working at a church. There was a lady that, I swear to God, they must have, they must have moved three or four times in two years that I knew about her um, to different states, even. She just kept jumping from job to job to job, and she kept getting them. And she was very vague about her background. And somehow she was able to manipulate people at each place that she worked that they just thought, oh, well, she was here for just a bit. She was very nice, but her husband had to move. She always used her husband as the excuse. Well, he was an insurance salesman, and apparently he could move, live anywhere he wanted to. It was one of those kind of insurance things that was um, a national thing. It wasn't like he had to be selling in one spot. And they just kept moving and moving and moving. And I don't know where she is now, but she just kept moving to better positions. But she was a little manipulative. But it did show that you don't have to stay in one position, that you can go from an, to another job. It, it, you know, people aren't going to judge you on that. You know, she used her husband as an excuse that she had to move with him for his job. But really, he was basically moving with her because she would move and get a better job somewhere else. So um, I don't know that it's grit. I think it's more believing in yourself and having someone in your life that will support you, not only um, emotionally and support your career choices, but also you have to have someone who can financially back you up. So, you know, you both have to have, you know, if you're in a, in a relationship, you both have to have some sort of financial backup so that the other person can quit their job and move to get another job. But it's basically about taking small risks. They don't have to be huge risks. Maybe some people consider going from job to job, you know, to get better treatment, get better pay, get promotions, um, a huge risk. But really, it's not. Um, when I was working in broadcasting, I worked at a station where several of us didn't feel like there was any upward mobility because there was a person who worked at the station who got promoted to news uh, to the um, 
head position at the news station. Uh, and she was only pulling in the people that she liked. And they were uneducated, didn't have college degree people like her, right? So all of us were kind of out in the cold because we had college degrees. What the one guy did and told me he was going to do is he was moving to another station out of town and he was going to get his experience there and then come back and then move his way up the ladder. And he said that that's what he's noticed people have done. They've gone somewhere else, gotten experience and come back to the station and moved their way up because he wanted to work at this station. I don't know why after that, after everything had happened, but that's what he did. And now he is a... Uh, one of the anchors, uh, one of the news reporters there, and he had, and he's taken over a show for somebody that did a show for 30 years, and he's taken that show over. That was the game. He was determined. He went somewhere else, got the experience, came back, said, I have the experience now, you should hire me. And then he worked his way up to taking over this show from somebody who left after 30 years. So now he's got the show. So is it grit? Or is it taking the risks? knowing how you need to take those risks and then knowing that you're good enough. So it's not grit. I think grit can be translated to, I know my value. I know my value. And if you're not going to realize it here, I'll go somewhere else. And then if I come back after I've had all that experience, if you want me back, you're going to have to pay me to bring me back into the fold. So to me, it's taking risks. It's not just grit. And it's also knowing your value and not putting up with bad treatment at a job when you don't deserve it. Just something that I decided to make a podcast about and something I noticed in this grit podcast from TED Talk that I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what it is at all. (laughs) So that's just my opinion. Until next time, Diva Cerebration. Thank you.